I'm really excited about this episode. This is an episode that I've always wanted to do on the Raindrop Corner podcast, but I took my time with airing it because I, A, I wanted to treat this topic with care, and B, I wanted to find a guest that not only could provide general wisdom on the topic, but also provide a very varied perspective so that it made people think and it started a really important conversation. Sex work in general has a lot of negative connotations associated with it, and there are a lot of stigmas out there. People make a lot of presumptions and more importantly, presumptions about what type of people engage in sex work and the motivations behind why someone would even want to be a sex worker. So I really enjoyed the conversation that I had with our guest this week. There was a lot of good discussion around sex work being a spectrum, around what that life is like, and some of the obstacles that sex workers face. And it really took a lot of the opinions that people tend to have about sex work, turned it on its head and and made you think about it from a different perspective. So I hope that you all enjoy this episode. Here we go. Our illustrious guest today is Miss Shana Nicole DeFolvio, also known as LaBella Layla. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. How have you personally been doing with everything going on? During I've all been okay. Like, I generally, unless I'm working or something, don't really like to leave my house anyway. Mm-hmm. So, quarantine isn't really bothering me in that aspect, aside from like it's harder to work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And even when I did work from home with like, modeling and stuff like that, mm-hmm. generally I try not to have my child around. By generally, I mean all, all the time. <laughs> um, because of the type of modeling that I do. Now, if it's just like a simple like you know cosplay or something like that, I don't necessarily mind. But when it's lewd, nude, or anything like that, it's really hard to do that in the hour that he takes a nap. <laughs> That's so it's slowed it down a little bit because his grandparents normally watch them and they're in their 60s. We're not exposing anybody to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, it, it really hasn't done much aside from us just going stir crazy. I feel that. I feel yeah, it. we're fine until they closed the pool. Uh-huh. I went to Walmart today and got a bunch of canvases and paints and brushes because he likes to paint and mm-hmm. so do we. So we figured that'd keep us entertained for a couple of days. You your 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 child sounds like they're just as awesomely creative as you are. He is so awesome. For the past two years for gifts and everything mm-hmm. for our family, I have him make stuff. Um, so last year we did pine cone um, air fresheners with like cinnamon and glitter mm-hmm. and uh, some canvas art that I put some tape on and various names or different designs and I let him just kind of do his own thing. And then we also, every year we make salt dough ornaments for everybody so that everybody has a collection of ornaments throughout his life. Um, so he gets most of it. Like he wants to do everything I want to do. So when I'm doing my makeup, he's like, mommy, I want makeup. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that though. It's so nice to see kids when they kind of, they have that space to be creative and grow and kind of explore those different things. That's really cool. Yeah. It's awesome when he sits there and tells me what things are and I'm like, okay. <laughs> your brain sees that that's cool i don't but you know they shape some things children see more than we do so it's cool to see like 
the way his mind works with the creative process and everything mm-hmm. um, makes me really proud. I bet. And would you say, like, as, as a kid when you were growing up, did you have the space to kind of create and kind of explore different types of art so, forms? So when I was a kid, um, like, my parents are both kind of... It was rough. Gotcha. But my grandmother... Um, like, I lived mostly with my parents, but anytime I spent time with my grandmother, she mm-hmm. was very adamant about encouraging that side. Mm-hmm. Um, my great-grandmother made ceramics, so I started working with, like, acrylic paint really, really early. And I have this habit of, like, picking up on one little piece of a craft and then just seeing what I can do with it. Mm-hmm. I can't stick to anything. What's your favorite craft that you've picked up? Right now because it will change, um, is the modeling. And it's not just, you know, oh, I want to get naked in front of the camera. It's like I put a lot of time, energy, effort, you know, into what I do in the backgrounds and the settings and stuff like, and the costuming and stuff like that. Like, I put a lot of work into it, and there's so many different details that you could do so many different things with, and I love it. Like, I don't get bored with it because I have a habit of doing things and then feeling like, oh, I just probably kind of wasted a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that art is, like, something that supports me and it supports my other hobbies, that kind of makes me focus more on it because I can do more with it. Even even the pictures that I took that I don't necessarily sell or make any money off of, like, I did a Joker cosplay and it was the most fun That's so I've cool. ever done. And... I didn't realize, like, I never got into makeup as a teenager or really, like, into altering my looks. I was just kind of like, this is what I was given, I guess. Like, whatever. <laughs> and then I started, like, honestly, I started messing with makeup because of my little brother. Mm-hmm. He was super, super into it, watched all of the Jeffree Star tutorials. So I got into doing that and then, like, seeing, like, you could do so many things without actually changing who you are. You could be 10 different people in a month, and it's fun. And I also discovered, like, the Jacksonville kind of art community and how accepting everybody is and open. And if I decide I want to be 10 different girls in a month, nobody's going to be like, oh, she's fake. No, it's a cosplay. It's an outfit. It's a costume. And so there's way less judgment within the art community that I love. Like, I love the inclusion and even, you know, the, not my thing, but I can, I can appreciate the work, you know, just Mm -hmm. accept it. That's a wildly important thing too, because it's, and I don't, and I don't know if this is something that you experienced growing up, but I know when I was a teenager, because I cosplayed a little bit. And I knew other people who did. Sometimes you don't always get that from, like, your peers in a school environment or even, like, in your neighborhood. So to find that and be able to express yourself. Like, being 10 different people, it's it's an art form. And it's, like, it's it's a way of storytelling. You mentioned um, before that you cosplay. And then you also mentioned the modeling and pictures that you take. So my cosplays, I've been done very, very few, like a few so far. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that I just kind of recently got into experimenting with. Um, and then as far as my shoots go, like for the most part at this point, like I do some shoots by myself, but I have a group of models that all do content. Most of them are in Jacksonville, but not all of them are. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, 
not only share tips, share like, you know, opinions, like we boost each other up, like we all share our pictures and stuff like that together. The entire concept of the group is like women supporting women, boosting each other up. Everybody eats, you know, every, if we're all doing the same thing and we do it together, we're going to make more. And um, and it's not just a money thing. We're going to make more progress because mm-hmm. at this point, selling content, selling pictures, modeling, it is technically considered sex work. Mm-hmm. And that varies in so many different ways. Dancers, you know, content workers, etc. Um, even like within the fetish community, a lot of times you can do plenty of therapeutic acts without them being sexual. Mm-hmm. And so we want to kind of normalize what we're doing because everybody gets so much crap for it and like why. But um, so for the most part, we will do group shoots together where we pick a theme or we pick a concept like this is what we're gonna do mm-hmm. um we did a product shoot for um a local artist who does chain mail mm-hmm. and like it's all paid um so we got you know his inventory of some of his harnesses mm-hmm. did photos for him so that he can use for advertising purposes not gonna lie i still have not organized that so my brain is kind of been mushy lately it's fair with everything going on. Yeah, I feel even guiltier when my brain is mushy with this stuff going on, though, because I'm like, what else do I have to do? I think it's like, when you think about it, it it's kind of stressful, though. Like, even even though you have time, because it's not like... It's not like you are taking a vacation to do what you want to do, or it's not like you've done the work that you need to do, and you just have all this time left in the rest of your day. Like... We're staying home because we don't want to get sick and we don't want the people that we love to get sick. And then for some people, it's a monetary thing, too, because their finances are being affected by not being able to go out. I have a lot of health problems. So for this, like, frankly, I can't afford a regular cold. I'm not trying to deal with it. No, I hear you. I'm definitely uh, in the so same boat. So it definitely boat. can be, like, a monetary thing aside from just, I can't work. It's hard to, when you have all of that swimming around in your head, it's hard to, like, focus on projects. So what I'm trying to say is don't beat yourself up. You'll get to it. Thank you. I, that part of it, like, I get to explore so many other types of art with it because, like, I decided I wanted to do a shoot that would involve putting synthetic dreads in my hair. Mm-hmm. So I went down a rabbit hole on Pinterest and figured out how to make them myself. So I started them. I also started like some other cosplay things that I could make with materials on hand. I didn't get very far, but that's not the point. I get to explore so many different variations of my art within this. And like, even with content and stuff, if I were to sit here new and paint, that's still my job, you know, that's still modeling, I'm still doing that, but I'm also doing something that I love at the same time, I get to express my creativity in different ways. So it's fun, but it's also, like, my favorite job. I have a lot of them. <laughs> that's awesome, though, and and I think, to me, like, there's a lot of layers, and sex work, like you said, is a huge spectrum. Then the other stigma that I've gotten a lot mm-hmm. is that sex workers can't work that they are irresponsible, that they, you know, could get a real job. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, to a certain extent, I understand that 
when you're so like if it's just a selfie Mm -hmm. at the same time like you're still taking your time out of your day to entertain somebody if you're gonna pay to go watch a concert or a play like because you want to see that person perform it's no different if you're asking me to perform i'm not in a relationship with you i have no reason i feel no obligation no enjoyment from entertaining you aside from i'm doing what i love because i love it and you're you're paying me for it because you want to watch it and it is when it comes to actual like you know sex workers and actual customers most of them are really respectful mm-hmm. i have more customers that buy content because they appreciate the work that i put into it mm-hmm. they want to support me as an artist i've had women you know who are friends of mine be like hey i just want to subscribe just to support you because i love what you do but i don't have the confidence to do it mm-hmm. now i'm one of the smallest girls in my group we vary a lot like we all have different body types different shapes different sizes colors everything mm-hmm. and there's a reason for that it's because all women have something to bring to the table and all people in the world have something they're attracted to my customers are attracted to me but one of my models their customers are attracted to them not me mm-hmm. and it's because we don't have to look the same you don't have to look like me to do this and frankly i'm not happy i'm this small either because i was bigger and i liked it but <laughs> I, my favorite part about my job as a sex worker, technically, is when other women come to me and tell them about how they see the variations in my size and my shape. They see my body change over time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it makes me so confident like that you do this. Like you. And then when they ask me, like, do you think I could do something like that? I'm like, absolutely. Everybody can. Like, you don't have to look a certain way. And that like confidence boost and the feeling that I'm actually like contributing to somebody other than for sex it's great that's my favorite part of this and and seeing all of my girls boost each other up that makes me really happy it's just it's it's a really it's a beautiful thing um and I think it's it's not something that a lot of people think about I think it's really cool that you work with other people and it's a camaraderie type of thing it's a very positive thing um, I mean, I'll take some pictures sometimes, and I'm like, you know, I really don't know how I feel about these. But we all hype each other up. So even if I don't like them, they're like, your customers will. Like, just do it. You're like, you look great. You look fine. And then I do, and then I put my money, and I'm like, oh, my God, my girls have my back. And the same, you know, vice versa. I always want to be that person for them. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so many women who are just hateful to each other it's a rampant issue i've gotten so much i've gotten just as many comments from women as i have men about oh get a job you're a warrior you're that and i'm like but you have literally nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. and i don't care what you do as a job why do you care what i do and then i've even got backlash about being a mother and a sex worker um you know people are like you know one day your son's gonna see that Okay, well, I've taught my son that there is no difference between the skin on my ass and the skin on my face. Because skin is skin. And, like, yeah, he knows he needs to know boundaries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't want him to look at all women or all skin, men, women, anything, as sexual thing. Also, 
my son is very well taken care of. Like, I don't think he's going to care how I did that later. Um, especially because my son is my best friend. Like, he comes up to me and he's like, just loves me no matter what. So, and I never expose my son to anything, you know, weird. And people ask me, they're like, why post him? Because my people follow me because of what I do. They don't need to look at me. I look at my son. And when I'm spending time with him, I, I do get on my phone, but for the most part, like, I don't need to record every moment of me being a mother. Well, it's a very, it's a very personal thing too, and it whether it's online or not, or it's recorded, it's just as special regardless. Yeah, the idea that certain, not everybody I know, but the idea that some people come to my profile or my, you know, social media to see what I do, and then those people could also be looking at the child is a little bit scary for me. So, I posted very, very little. And I've had people say, oh, you're always doing sex things, but you're never spending time with your kid. And I'm like, honestly, like, half of the time I'm not even doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite photo sets with one of my other models, mm-hmm. it is very artistically posed because we're professional models. We don't have to. And there's no reason for it. Like, you get the same content you're looking for. And let's be real, most people complain about porn because it's fake. That's true. That's one of like, the biggest complaints that you see. You can't look at my picture and tell that's fake, so you can't complain. But yeah, people have said some things about me doing that and like a parent, they think that I'm neglecting my son or not, you know, paying attention to him or that because I only post, you know, sexual things or adult things realistically just adult things that I don't take care of myself and I'm like I would have probably never gotten into sex work had I not had him mm-hmm. I started dancing when I was three four months postpartum with him um he's three now and it was because I needed a job that would allow me to make enough money to provide for him while also not missing anything Mm -hmm. because it was just me like his dad is a part of his life but not right here with us Mm -hmm. so it's mostly me and I didn't want to have a babysitter all the time I didn't want to miss out on my kid's life so I chose a job that would allow me to make the amount of money that I needed without losing out on anything And also, if my son wakes up one morning sick or just says, Mommy, no work today. All right, you know what? Let's spend time together. I have to be like, no. I mean, yeah, there are times when I have to tell him no. But for the most part, like, I have that flexibility with this job or with this career path that I don't have to miss out on my kid's life. And that being my biggest motivating factor, like, makes those comments really offensive. And everybody's like, oh, well, if you don't want people to say that, then don't do that. Okay, but you guys are not going to take care of me and him. And so with the group and everything, um, a couple of us have kids, not all of us, but most of them love my kid because, like, 
we all support each other in every way. And when I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I've been behind on editing because Nikki, they're like, you're fine. You have a lot going on. You're a mother. It, the whole the, the support that we offer each other is amazing. How do you, like, based off of what you said, how do you bridge the gap between knowing knowing your value and what you bring to the table and not letting those those comments affect you quite as much with the emotional drain that obviously it has to have hearing it, that? It does when it's, when it's my family or it's my friend or, you know, anything like that. To a certain extent when it comes to people I don't know, I have gotten really frustrated when I feel the need to educate them, mm-hmm. but then whenever I explain myself and I'm like, you know, this is why I do what I do, and they're like, oh yeah, whatever, like, you're just a whore, then I'm like, okay, well, you're just ignorant, and I don't want to deal with this, like, if your mind is not open enough to be able to wrap your head around the reasoning for why I do what I do, mm-hmm. or if you're not even willing to ask me why, you just want to throw thoughts. I have nothing for you. And um, I, so I guess that, to be honest, it probably comes from dancing. Nobody would think anything that comes from dancing. But when you, you quickly realize that when you're entertaining somebody and they're not paying you, they're wasting your time. Like, if you're doing it because you want to, that's one thing. But when it is your profession and they know that and you're public about that, that's a waste of your time. And time is money, and my time is very important because it's supposed to be with my kid and my family. I guess it's just, it is, I'm not going to lie, it's easier for me than it is a lot of girls because I just don't care as much. I feel like if it's not taking care of my son, it doesn't matter. And it kind of makes it really hard for me to help when my models get their feelings hurt or when something's going on because I don't want to sound like I'm saying, oh, we'll suck it up or, oh, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter, and you're worth way more than they're bringing you anyway. So it, I don't know, I guess there's just that separation between my job and myself personally anyway that I don't take as a personal attack. Like, you don't even know me, so you really can't say anything. Do you think that it helps a little bit that you really care about the artistry of it? You really enjoy Definitely, definitely does, because if I didn't, I would get probably discouraged a little bit more. I wouldn't want to keep putting in the same amount of work because I keep getting linked in with, you know, people who don't do anything and with people who do the things that they do for drugs or, you know, for ridiculous reasons, who don't take care of their responsibilities, who don't have their kids. Mm -hmm. And just because I do one of the same things does not make me the same type of person. So I guess because I'm invested in the creative aspect and the good parts of it, the bad parts are just kind of, you know, that's that grain of salt that comes with everything. What are some of the biggest stigmas that you would personally like to dispel? Realistically, it has to be irritating having to educate people because you shouldn't have to. You are a human being and people should treat you like a decent human being because you're a person. And there are many things that make up the facet of who you are. But what are some things that that you personally would like to dispel about sex work in general? I don't like the idea that all sex workers are dirty, all sex workers are on drugs, all sex workers are irresponsible, they don't care about their kids, you know, they're supporting their habits, things like that. 
almost every one of my models is an artist in some way outside of their modeling. They do cosplays, they do like arts and just like there's a big variety here. And I'm like everybody sees that part and refuses to accept that you're a human and you have more of a table than a body. So I the, one of the biggest things that I want to dispel is that every single one of these girls, whether they're a content model, a dancer, even a, you know an escort or whatever, they have their reasons for doing what they do, and they still deserve respect for being human beings. It doesn't matter what someone does. I'm sorry, I don't agree with most people's politics, but I don't get to call them names or you know things like that. A job is a job. And what you do to feed your family and take care of yourself is your business. I don't work with models who do it to support habits or things like that because this is kind of a family. Like, all of us are family at this point. I don't want to something like that into my family unless, you know, you're going to be helpful. Like, you are going to get help and do better. I don't like the idea that the only thing a woman is good for is her body, so if she's selling it, she's worthless. It's really it's really dehumanizing, and it also takes away from all of the things that, that we have to give. And essentially, yeah. like, it's... There's so many different layers to it. And you're serving you're serving a need. Um, it, it's, it's something that gives other people gratification in other kind of ways, and that's important, and that's multifaceted. I do have a question for you, though. And this is okay. more so on the creative side of it, because okay. you you integrate backgrounds, you integrate art into the shoots that you that you kind of initiate and, and create. What goes through your mind when you're doing a shoot, like when you're looking into lighting and how you want it to present visually? So, I a lot of times I'm not a photographer. A wall or a bridge or just some random thing. And I'm like, oh, that would be great for this shoot or that shoot. Or I'll see a picture and I'm like, we could do that. Like, we can do that. <laughs> and then I'll bring the idea to the group and I'm like, what can we all do to contribute to making this happen? And when everybody, like, um, I wanted to do a like, baking shoot at one point. Mm-hmm. And everybody is like, oh, we can get aprons. We can do this. We can do that. And so everybody just kind of brings these ideas to the table, so it's not just mine, which is cool, because then I can take all these different things into consideration. Um, three of us ended up doing a birthday shoot recently, so what we did was got one of our photographers, um, and I gone, picked out, you know, I told him what backdrop I wanted to use, and then I went to literally the Dollar Tree, got a bunch of birthday decorations. And just went and made it look like a birthday party. And I went and shot one day, and then another girl the next day, and then another one the next day. And we all got really good pictures that we love from, like, $30 from the Dollar Tree. We were a resourceful way to do it. This is what we want. I think the most expensive thing I put into that shoot was a six-pack of cupcakes from (laughs) Winn-Dixie. Um, and then I used like two of them for my shoot and they used the rest. <laughs> um, so it, it, I have a lot of things that go through my head, but a lot of them are ideas that have been given to me from other girls too. Like the huge collaboration effort when we do group shoots. 
when I'm doing it myself, honestly, I'm like, how is my skin going to look against this? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just, I second guess most things when it's just me. But when I have other people to bounce off of and I get not only positive feedback, but negative, I'm like, okay, well, if, if you think that's not going to work, well, let's try something else. So there's a lot of things going through my head, but... And when you're working with other people, you also have to think, like, be respectful, like, take their ideas into consideration. Just because I've started this group, I make it very clear, models, you're not working for me, you're working with me. Mm-hmm. Like, we're a group, not a dictatorship. And, um, and that's where some of the best ideas come from. And so, like, we've talked about a few different theme things, and... Sometimes it will cost money. Like we did a shibari shoot. Mm-hmm. So we got a friend of ours that is a professional rope master. Mm-hmm. And we asked, like, how much to use your space and your expertise? And he was like, you know, gave me a number. I divided it up. And I was like, look, can we make this happen? And we did. And um, so it's, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. But it's work, too. It's really cool. It's really cool what you create, though. And the thing that kind of sticks out the most for me is you're involving other people. It, it's, it's very much so something that's a benefit for a lot of people. Um, in earlier, you said that you even did a shoot where you're kind of spotlighting a gentleman who had a chainmail business. So yeah. when did you start to integrate other businesses into your shoots to kind of promote other people? I'll be completely honest, the idea first started with Second Kid, mm-hmm. and um, I would, you know, Alex and I were dating, mm-hmm. so he would, sometimes he would make me things and stuff like that, and I would wear them to shoot in, um, but I always tag his business and promote it, even though they were there, I didn't, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but I still was trying to show off the talent and the art, and then I started running out of ideas, and it was like, I want to shoot? in these things but I have no need for it aside from that Mm -hmm. so if you can keep your inventory I can get pictures so what I did for that shoot actually was I had two or three different setups um, at my photographer's space and I had four girls and we basically went to one did safer work pictures for him to use as advertisements went upstairs, did non safe for work pictures for us to be able to use for our content. Mm-hmm. And then everybody got, you know, something from this. And he gets to keep his inventory. It doesn't take away from what he's doing. It's not like, oh, give me something for free because I'm going to take pictures and your stuff. It's, I appreciate your art and I want to showcase it. But I also want you to still be able to sell it. Um, because that's a lot of people, even if they have a regular job, that art is like, it needs to support itself so you can keep doing it. It's true. Not everybody has a lot of money to dump into their hobbies and their interests. And so to a certain extent, it supporting itself helps. And I bet like now at a time, especially, it's probably more valuable to have that kind of collaboration so that like everybody can eat. I do... Um, I do want to ask you, though, out of all the shoots that you've done, what are your favorite shoots that you've done? So, it depends. Um, as far as the actual shooting experience, mm-hmm. um, Studio 3E, they do a holiday party every so often um, by donation, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. 
Um, like when I went for Christmas, it was like toys for tots and cans for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we weren't charged to shoot because we were donating. And so there was tons of photographers that I'd never met before. There was tons of different spaces to shoot. There were different models to collaborate with. And, you know, I took some business cards and was able to give them out to photographers who shot me and stuff. And I had never done my cosplays out in public before. So I remember being in one space, having four different photographers taking pictures of me, and I was nervous. But it was <laughs> so nerve-wracking. I was so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. But then aside from that, I've done a few shoots that, honestly, we just had so much fun together that, like, those are probably my favorite. Like, um... One of my photographers, his name is David, and he usually shoots in his house, and it's pretty open space. So while, you know, one girl's shooting, we're all, like, hanging out, eating in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And that's when we start bouncing more ideas around. Like, this kitchen is great for, like, we could shoot here. We could make cupcakes and make this whole thing. That's when that idea came to me. And, um... So I think the group shoots are my favorite. Mm -hmm. Shooting by myself is okay because I feel less awkward about my posing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but shooting with other people is so much more fun because of the collaboration. Plus, like, what you said about the ideas, it probably allows you to get more creative with, like, what you create. Yeah. you have, like, a blend of different And concepts. then because so many of us do so many different things, um, like, for instance, I know every one of us has a pair of kitten ears. <laughs> so if we wanted to do like a put and play shoot or something like that, it would probably cost us literally nothing. And we would all be able to take individual pictures with everything without, oh, you know, I have to buy this and I have to buy that. We've all bring everything and work together. So it's also like we get more quality by working together. Mm -hmm. And then that brings more attention to our group, to what we're doing, to our content. And uh, it's, just, it's fun. Those are my favorite when I'm with my girls and we're just in our space doing our thing. It's years in. That's cool, though. Yeah. As far as, like, what your passions are as they relate to the shoots that you do, what would you like to see happen? Like, how would you like to see that grow? And how would you like to see it evolve as time so goes So with Mabella, my biggest goal like my, you know end game is I want to have a specific like a space um here in Jacksonville as a studio that is also a social club where we offer you know non-sexual meetup mm -hmm. a space for you to be safe where there's security you know pole dancing classes general sex education um, because just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you grew up having the right education. Um, you know, different classes and different, you know, just ways of educating each other on different things. Like, I can't do a shibari shoot with somebody without hiring a rope top because I am not educated enough. I am a professional wax top, so if one of the other girls wanted to do a wax shoot, she would come to me for that. And so I want to be able to offer like classes on the different things that we do um, so that all of the girls can kind of get that knowledge as well as like self-content. Like how do you take your own stuff 
And then a place to actually shoot. Like, this is also a studio. If you don't have a place because you have kids or you're in school or you live with your parents or whatever the case may be, you come here and do it. And you're safe and you get professional quality content without having to compromise yourself or having to put out to go get a hotel room, you know, something like that. And then also there's a big issue with like, I, I get that dancers have like their, the option to use like Uber and Lyft and stuff, but that's a cash business. So if you can call the social club at two o'clock in the morning and have somebody come get you and take you home, you know, that's safer than paying for a cab where they're not really monitored as well. That's safer than getting some customer to take you home or something like that. So I want to provide education as well as a place for sex workers to grow in Jacksonville and do what they're doing. I also want to offer like legal counsel. What is your rights as a sex worker in Jacksonville? The laws just change. Everything's very different about mm-hmm. dancing, everything. So when you come into this industry, educate yourself. And I want to offer that education to everybody because if you're going to do something, you should know what you're doing. And that's that's really important too because there's a shortage of it. Like in not just in Jacksonville or in Florida, but in other places around the country and other parts of the world. So it's really neat that you want to do that, especially the bit about making sure that they have transportation. Because even with Uber and Lyft, sometimes the background checks aren't done efficiently. Sometimes I've, I personally, because I- I almost kidnapped an Uber in Washington. I never went anywhere by myself again. Oh geez, what happened? If you don't mind me asking. I don't. So I had gone up there for about a month and my partner and I were staying in a hotel and she kept telling me, do not leave without me. You're not going to like it here. (laughs) And I was like, I'm grown. I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to the store and I'm not even a block away from my hotel. The store, the restaurant that I wanted to go through the drive-thru and my hotel were literally, I could see them all from one spot. Mm -hmm. So he was supposed, my driver was supposed to leave from the store go straight make a U-turn pull in the drive-thru. Before he gets to the U-turn, he starts making a right, and I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, well, I'm watching the GPS. I was like, no, you're not, because I'm looking at your GPS, and that's not what it's telling you to do. And he was like, well, I'm not looking at it. I'm listening to it in my ear. And I was like, that's another human talking to you. That is not an automated GPS voice. No matter what language you have it set to, that is not a GPS. Nope. Nope, it's not. And so I was like, um, no, you're not, no, you're going the wrong way, and I'm not spaz. So he, like, went where he was supposed to and went through the drive through and then he, like, got an attitude, was like, can you roll your window up, and, like, but did not say it as nicely, mm-hmm. and I was like, can you get off your phone while you're driving me around? Like, frankly, I'm paying for a service, so I feel like if I tell you not to do something while my life is literally in your car, you should listen to me. Um... I have trauma related to cars. I don't like them. I was hit by a car when I was younger. So I feel like if I tell somebody, like, pay attention to the road, mm-hmm. just listen to me. Yeah, you want them to do it. I can relate. I've been hit by a car twice. No, it's not fun. It's not and then fun. you can't even look at cars the same when they're driving. You can't. And, like, I feel like with Uber and Lyft, because I, I also have a lot of health problems. I'm a cancer survivor. So I take Uber and Lyft as my primary mode of transportation. And I've... I've never been almost kidnapped before. 
I'm so glad you're here right now. Well, but because I started tripping and I am me and I have watched my mouth and tone very much on this podcast. <laughs> it's I... okay. I put the I put the like rating on it just in case somebody wants to go off. So you can go well, off I if you want. Flipped out and I was like, and he was like, "Well, get out." I'm like, it's literally snowing. This is the only day it snowed the whole time I'm in Washington. Put you out it's in the snow snowing. in Washington, D.C.? No, in Washington State. Washington State? Okay. That's not any better. No, no, it's really not. <laughs> I was about to say, D.C. is really sketch. But Washington State yeah. is also sketch. Yeah, apparently. Like, <laughs> she was serious when she kept telling me, you're not going to want to go anywhere without me. Because then every person that I encountered... Their attitude was so ridiculous. I had no idea that Southern hospitality was a real thing. I thought that was a myth. Nope, it definitely is. from here, and I'm a little bit of a bitch, so I just assumed that we were all like this. It was fake. No, it's a real thing. You don't know that shit until you go up north, though. You have to go up there and then come back because people... Everybody told me, but I have to be stubborn. I've, I've had people tell me, though, that people from the South are, in air quotes, mean. But I've gone up North, and some of the meanest people... And I've met some great people up North. I, I Some of my best friends I met while up North. But I've met some really shitty people up North. Yeah, I can't necessarily say everyone, but I can say that everyone that I came into contact with, aside from my partner, her children, and her uh, nephew, her mom was okay, actually. Um, but literally everyone else could not interact with me decently. Like, if they were not related to her. Yeah. Y'all need to do better, basically, is what we're saying. Do better. <laughs> Be better people. Yes. I, um, so, I do have three questions for you. I always do this to everybody that I have come on the show. So, I ask you three questions. I always start with the more serious one first, and then okay. they gradually get more chill later. So, the first question that I have for you is, if you could go back and you could talk to your 16-year-old self, what are three things that you would tell your 16-year-old self? Oh, God. Three things. Um, when your dad said, be selfish, do it. <laughs> my dad told me when I was younger, he's my adopted stepdad. But he was like, one of the biggest things I want for you is treat yourself. And I don't mean be a bitch to everybody. I mean, don't let anyone come before you when it comes to your future. Don't let anyone stop you from meeting your goals. Don't love anybody enough to, to let them stop you ever. Because if they love you, they're going to push you to do better. And I didn't take that advice. <laughs> um, Another thing would probably be don't assume that you have all the time in the world just because you're young. Um, don't assume that you're invincible because you're not. I've already had an organ removed. I'm not comfortable with it. Like, take care of yourself. And bonus answer, go to a freaking gym because nobody's so telling important. me to be physical. <laughs> so important. It makes you feel so much damn better, though. Yeah, and because nobody taught me to be active, to drink water all the time, to, like, just be consistently taking care of my body, I have a lot of health problems that I really just did not have. And I feel like I could have done better to prevent them. Um, like, 
my adoptive parents knew that I had um, GI problems mm-hmm. with you know, my stomach. They didn't teach me what foods not to eat, how to take care of that problem to prevent it from getting any worse. So two years ago, I almost died from it. Um, and then again last year, because that problem got so bad, it was basically a bacterial infection in your stomach that causes ulcers. Mm-hmm. And now I got it before I was adopted, but they didn't find it until afterwards. So it had raged through my bloodstream when it's supposed to stay in your intestines. Mm-hmm. And uh, every so often I have to go through like intensive rounds of antibiotics just to manage it. Um, but it won't go away. And now because I didn't manage it when I was younger and I didn't know how, I got my gallbladder removed last year. Um, so now I have nothing holding excess bile and ulcers in my stomach. So take care of yourself. That's a lot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only 25. I should not be having these problems. Well, I, I have to say, it's awesome how you navigate it. It's awesome to see you not only doing what makes you happy, but also elevating other people while you do it. So that makes me happy. <laughs> there you go. This one is act. This one is related to kind of what we were talking about. So, if you could craft like your dream shoot, what would your dream shoot be if you have one that you haven't done yet? That I haven't done yet. Yeah. Um, okay. So the reason I haven't done it yet is because a my body being you know not really super healthy. Mm-hmm. I want to do a suspension set. Mm-hmm. with tons of candles with dripping wax. Oh, cool. Just like you, like enough wax to hold the candles up mm-hmm. lit and just have the wax dripping. But it's really hard for me to be suspended long enough to do that unless the wax is poured over me and then the candles are set. Mm-hmm. So there, with that, like just the aesthetic makes me really happy because I use BDSM more for therapy than sex like Mm -hmm. it's mostly just a mental release and Mm -hmm. then so even when I'm shooting that's the one time that I can kind of fall into a decent space Mm -hmm. and the world makes me feel very very secure the wax is warm like there's so many aspects into it that would relate to me personally Mm -hmm. but doing it would make me really really happy um and I want to do Tons of large group shoots. Like, like when you say I large, do, define large. How large? My entire group. If I could get my entire group together and, you know, at whatever given time and do something that includes all of us. Like at one point, our group was really small. Mm-hmm. So it was maybe five of us. Mm-hmm. And we had a friend who had just bought a bus, a school bus. So we went out to a deserted parking lot, kind of. And um, <laughs> basically, it looks like we were at the bus stop. We get on the bus. We start looking at these books that have, like, fetish history. And our teacher, who was Alex at the time, um, catches us and starts to discipline us. And then we manipulate him into kind of playing. And then we pull out retractable knives and kill him. And we That's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, it definitely could have been better quality (laughs) because we did not know what the hell we were doing as far as having that many people in a shoot. Um, every time we shoot, it gets better, but definitely doing something with like everybody would make me happy. That'd be pretty cool. 
there's also a clothing line attached to the group so and it's all customizable like what we do is i have stuff with my pictures on it i have stuff with my name on it but we have stuff with just the group name just the studio name mm-hmm. so if we have like a customer who wants a t-shirt with one of my pictures you can order that or if it's like my my brother's sister wanted to get a shirt and it's just a plain black t-shirt that says hashtag like sex work is work mm-hmm. but it's got my name on the my stage name so she's promoting me without having to buy my pictures without having to see me naked because she's like you're my sister that's weird he's like i want to support you but i can't do that and so it kind of also includes non-customers like my mom gets like she wants the joker pictures mm-hmm. on shirt and stuff like that um so it like there's a lot of things that tie in and doing a shoot with all of us with our names will also be really happy that's really cool though and i think it's awesome that you know that you have your mom and your sister and people that want to support you even if they're not directly looking at the photos still find cool ways to still support what you do um and it it has to make like those those moments where people are kind of assholes a little bit less. It makes it so much more worth yeah. it. And we it's not like we make anything off the clothing, really. What we do is we take that. You know, we use an outsourced website. Mm-hmm. We get the percentage from the website. That is, you know, honestly, I've never even cashed out of it. It's just sitting there. And thus far, you know, either me or me and the girls have put in together to fund our shoots. But that is what that is supposed to be for. Once I figure out how to get my social media going and get everything actually promoting itself, that's what that money is going to be for, is for our shoots. So none of my girls have to come out of pocket to shoot. You don't have to be photographers, things like that. Um, Because when you're spending all the money you're making to make your content, it's it's discouraging. It's like, oh, I really want to do this. This idea is great, but it's expensive, you know? And that's another part of us working as a group is I'm like, hey, I want to do this, but it's going to cost a lot of money to do it myself. And they're like, okay, well, I can get this part, you get that part. I already have that part. You know, it makes sure that everybody is actually succeeding with what they're doing, not just doing it because, like, it's fun and we enjoy it, but we have to support ourselves. And we put a lot of time into this. You can tell that you do. I mean, it's it's neat that you have different facets and you all can kind of pull it together. Because, like, I, I do work at a studio and I do tech and other things for it. And it is not easy to, I'm sure it's just from what you're saying, it's not easy to put on a shoot. And, like, when we're doing a production or a show, it's not easy for us to put on that as well. It helps that we have other people that we can kind yeah. of collab with. And I'm sure, like... From your end, it probably helps you elevate the things that you can do personally when you have moments yeah. where you aren't with your group. Yeah, and the fact that, like, you know, a couple of my, my models, they're always, like, like AJ, Poya, she has been a huge help. She is my right hand, my partner in Labella. She, um, anytime I'm like, girl, I'm swamped, I can't get these edited, like, or I need help getting all of the models' information sheets done, I, I, I know I can count on her. Um, so there's, there's definitely parts of it that overwhelm the hell out of me, like editing the pictures and making sure everything's posted and on time. It usually is only me doing that other than AJ. 
Um, so that can get really, really overwhelming and really exhausting. And because I'm kind of a bit and I carry myself like, like I never break down in front of people. I always kind of have to be in my own space to panic or freak out unless I'm with family. Nobody actually believes me when I tell them I have anxiety or depression or borderline or bipolar. And so managing all of those and trying to compartmentalize is sometimes incredibly overwhelming. I never want to stop doing it, but sometimes I need to breathe. It's, that's important. Self-care is especially important because like it, editing and taking time to put things together, using mental power to do that. And to a certain extent, my shooting forces me into self-care. Mm-hmm. You cannot shoot without washing your hair, brushing your teeth. Like, That's it doesn't true. matter how depressed I've been all week. If I schedule to shoot, shit, I have to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I have to get up and make myself pretty. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm done, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty. Like, okay, I feel better about the situation. Like, I got more confidence after I started shooting than anything. And I was over 200 pounds when I started. I was dancing. I was self-conscious of everything that I was doing, of the way that I looked. And... It took me one photo shoot, and I was, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, and he didn't edit my body. He didn't, you know, none of that. It was literally just lighting. (laughs) It's an empowering thing, though, because from people who kind of are a little bit more reluctant to go into any facet of modeling, that is a hang-up for a lot of people feeling like they're not pretty enough or they don't look um like how yeah exactly so i mean it's really cool to see that you've done that and how you've navigated that and you being transparent and saying you know hey i still have moments where like sometimes i question the way i look in this photo because i think that's very human to do that very i a lot of girls that come to me they're like oh you know i would do that but i'm not confident enough and i'm like you don't have to be the first time but that's where my confidence came from Mm -hmm. i didn't just have this like I'm confident in my shoots because I've done it a few times. I wasn't this confident the first time. I was nervous as hell. And I was Which like, I fair. always told my just come give it a try. Just come try it. Like, no, but I'm not charging you. Just come try it. And that's how I've ended up working with a few girls and they've stayed around and then they be they'll be in the group and they're like, This whole concept is amazing. I love this. Um so it boosting my confidence was a big thing for me and now I'm able to do that with other people mm-hmm. well, that's definitely a big deal I so to people that are entering any facet of sex work if you could say one thing to them like one encouraging thing what would be that thing that you would want them to know kind of going into it very realistically there's a fetish for everything every type of woman every type of man every interest everything you do not have to step out of your comfort zone ever you do not have to do anything that you do not want to do ever you are beautiful you are worth it you are capable and you do not have to do this unless you want to and if you decided you wanted to step into this don't think that your confidence is going to stop you from anything. Just because you don't see what you what your potential is yet, 
doesn't mean that someone else won't. And, you know, girls ask me all the time, they're like, do you think I'll make any money? And I'm like, when you get some confidence? Yeah, but that's the biggest thing is when you start getting comfortable with what you're doing and you start recognizing that it doesn't diminish the worth. That is where your money comes from. Mm -hmm. In the club scene, I have a habit of observing. Mm -hmm. I am a good dancer. I'm a horrible stripper. Because <laughs> I'm serious. I used to just hide in the corner, like just sit there. I wouldn't talk to anybody. Um, but then I started to realize, like, it does, it, even if you fake it, you pretend you're having fun, you start making money and then you are having fun. Because then it's not degrading. It's not weird. It's not awkward. You're doing what you came for. That's why you, most people start doing this. And... So don't limit yourself, pretty much. Those are those are awesome words, though. And it you you make an interesting point, and I never really thought about it um, before when you mentioned dancing about how when you have the confidence and you are getting it paid. Is, goes, the, selling content mm -hmm. is the same hustle as dancing mm -hmm. from behind your computer mm -hmm. or your phone. It's, you have to do the exact same things, you know, you have to perform, you have to talk to people, you have to entertain people, and you're doing it for money. Exact same thing. The perspective is nice, and I, I think it, it gives people, like, a good bit of, it gives people a good bit to think about. Um, and thank you so much, Shana, for coming on the show. It was awesome having you. It, of it, course, it was fun. Yeah, it, it was fun, and it was it was cool too. I love art. Like artistry in any form is beautiful to me. So it was really cool to like kind of delve into like what that journey looks like for you, and and what it what about it excites you. So that was pretty cool. Do you have so do you have any events going on, or is there any special place where people can kind of learn more about you or find you? Right now, I don't have any events going on. I mean, anybody's free to, like, hit me up and ask questions as long as they're respectful, you know. And I will be honest, to a certain extent, I accept a lot of friend requests. If somebody hits me up on Facebook and I don't know who they are, the first thing they're going to get is the link to me because I don't know you. Um, if you respond back with, you know, appreciate it, but that's not why I'm here. I just had some questions. I wanted to know a little bit more about what you do. I have no problem talking about it. Um, I have a lot of people that come in. I will, I post publicly all the time. You know, if I don't know you, the first message you're going to get is this link. And then people message me and I send it and they're like, oh, you're a fucking whore. And I'm like, you knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Um, but so anybody can feel free to ask me anything pretty much. I've got, you know, Facebook, Instagram, I have Snapchat, but I don't use it really. Um, and then also like, I want to start doing a lot of collaborations, you know, as long as it's safe mm -hmm. because of this whole virus thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I want to work with as many people as I can kind of, you know, build this, whether it's just the group or just raising awareness in the community about what we do because that's the point is to normalize what we do um so anybody can ask me any questions um i've wanted to actually do like a live video or something where i explain all of this but if i'm doing it by myself i lose focus and i don't and then i watch it and i'm like i can't watch this i'm ridiculous 
Um, so I ended up just deleting it every single time. So I feel like this was a good way to kind of get out what we're doing without my insecurity stopping me. Like I just told everybody not to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was really cool to have you and and to hear you talk about the different facets to it. And I mean, so you you're welcome. Um, what's the name of your group once more? And what's the name that they should search in the handle just so they know where to find you? It's Labella DeFolvio Studios. Mm-hmm. Or if they search for, you know, my full name, Shane and Nicole DeFolvio, um, we have links posted on our websites and or on our social media and stuff like that. Um, I can actually send you, like, you know, my social media handle if you want to include them. For sure. Um, I'll definitely this. include it. I'll make sure that it's uh, in the description. Okay. That way anybody can ask me any questions if they need to. That. Sweet. Thank you so much, Shana, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will see you next time.